Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. moments, particularly when you get to the end of the year, you're reflecting on your year, you're reflecting on your time, and what have you done, what have I achieved, because, you know, and at least in our world, the end of the year always makes us want to, you know, evaluate ourselves if we are thinking mature adults and plan for the future, and so we have to look at that. Paul said something in, uh, in, uh, to the Corinthians when he said that if you examine yourself, and then you won't have to be judged. I thought, that's a, that's a strange statement. Examine, judge. You know, usually if you said you examine yourself, you'll correct yourself. Or if you examine yourself, but he didn't. And that's the, the translation and version I read. And so Paul said, if you examine yourself, you will not have to be judged with the world. See, think on that. Think on that for just a moment. When I examine myself, the effect is that I will not have to be judged with the world. Isn't that a say thought? Yeah. So there's something about us refusing to look at our stuff, refusing to look at our nonsense, refusing to accept responsibility for what we did or for the unpleasant, undesirable things, you know, undelightful un- things of the Lord. It's something about that, our refusing to examine that and explore it, that throws us under world judgment. Now, if you're anything like me, it took me a long time. I had to meditate on that for a while because I wanted to say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm a good woman. I'm a minister. I love the Lord. I get with all my heart. How could God do that? Because that goes against much of what we've been trained to think. You know, under the anything goes philosophy or the, the anything goes grace, we don't think about that. Now, why would he say that? Paul, who education is, you know, unbelievable, we, would, we could almost say that Paul would be probably the most highly educated figure in Scripture, at least in the New Testament, outside of Jesus Christ. He laid down all of his credentials. He laid down his achievements. And yet he laid down something else that we don't like to think about, and that is his relationship with God. Paul's education lifted him up to such a point that God could break the seal on his own world and give Paul more than an eye view. We like to think that, you know, that eye view that was just a matter of, you know, he looked at, he was up on the mountain and he saw all of these heavenly beings and whatnot. No, Paul was brought into God's world, God's institution, God's constitution, and he knew it. He was brought into God's government, and he was brought into God's soul. 
In other words, he 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 got revelations from God that went beyond the scriptures. Now, when we say go beyond the scriptures, we mean going into the archives of other gods. That's what we call going beyond scripture. Paul understood that to mean going beyond the condensed version, the uh, the uh, abstract, the divine abstract. Oh, I'm getting good today. I told you I needed that sleep. <laughs> so he, because the Bible is just an abstract. Of all that God has done and used and thought of and, and, and installed and instituted in this world. It's just an abstract. We keep acting like it's the totality of the Almighty, but it is not. It is the, the essence of the Almighty. It's kind of like, a, 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 you know, that embryo is not, is not yet fleshed out, but it's the fullest of a, of a human being as it can be. It stands out. And so the Bible is kind of like that, that embryonic seed of, of the Almighty's eternal, ageless, timeless world. I like that. Don't you like that? Y'all like that out there? I'm excited. Did you see I got all excited? You know, I have to say Jesus three times. I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm off. And so Paul goes, and he looks at, he goes with the fullness of this education he has, and it's a, he has a significant education. We would call it one of the, you know, from the top school in the era. And yet, he goes into God's world and realizes all it was, all of his education was just snatches and excerpts of the totality of who God is and what he is and the world he created. So he goes there, and he doesn't just meet the people. He doesn't just see all the energy and all of the power. He doesn't do all of those things. He said, but he goes there, and he's having this sit-down with the Almighty, letting him know what the new creation, the ecclesia, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of God are all about in this world, and still comes back with just excerpts, snatches. Key points, highlights, as we like to say. And so if I had to explain the Bible today, thank God for my 30-plus years, I would have to say the Bible is the abstract of God's eternal world. Little of this, little of that, piece of this, little potpourri of that, a little bit of synopsis, a little bit of summary, a little bit of drop. A lot, a lot of seeds that had, took eight ages or millennia to grow up in the body of Christ. There are a lot of revelations in the body of Christ because God said he brought it all to the planet. He sent it all to the planet. A lot of revelations took millennia to grow up in the body of Christ. Just like when people get saved, they get a seed. They don't get the mature Jesus Christ. That's why they can't act like him. You know, a baby, does, a baby may look like his parents, but it sure doesn't act like him. Well, sometimes I don't know. Hallelujah, Prophet Ashley. Because <laughs> some parents can be quite infantile. But having said that, Paul said, if you examine yourself, and this, at this time of year, this is a good time for you to examine yourself, to examine your hopes, your dreams, your faith, your failures, your, your pursuits, you know, your losses, your wins, your, your, your tears, and all of that in between. It's a good time to reflect, not just reflect. I, you know, they use the word reflect, but, but reflect means let's just look at it. Let's just look back at it. Reflection. Some of that stuff we probably need to explore. We probably need to probe in. Like, what was I thinking? Why was I thinking this? How did I think that would work? This is a good thing. You know, this is a great time. And I'm going to sit here and use this as an opportunity to put a plug in for our prophetic advisement because you don't have to do that examination alone. You can have somebody help you walk through it so that you don't repeat yesterday's 
mistakes next year, but also so that you will take opportunities that you skipped in 2017 and go after them again in 2018. I know that this is the time that I'm supposed to give you this long world prophecy and carrying on. It might come, but right now, this is really about you making the best of 2018 because God has saved so many amazing things. But what God is going to do in 2018 is going to shake the world. It's, I mean, literally, it is not going to be, you know, wow, you said that. No, it's going to be world world shaking, and he said earth shattering. And those of us who know our God have got to know how to navigate those those upsets and those um, those outpourings, because God's going to have two things, upsets and outpourings. Upsets and outpourings. God is going to do some amazing, amazing, amazing things for his people, but he's also going to do some very unsettling things to them. Because you have to, if you're going to give somebody something great, you have to make sure that you have upgraded them to handle your greatness, to comprehend it, to preserve it, and then to get the best out of it. See, we want God to give us good things while we still aren't ready for it. And this is not because you're bad. It's not because you're evil. Most times, God doesn't give you what you want because he knows that you will destroy it. And you will destroy it while you love him. You'll destroy it while you're praising him for it. You will destroy it while you're thanking him for it because you've not had that before. Everything that God does, everything that he, he gives us, he must first build a place for it within us. And what is that place? Wisdom, maturity, protection, insight, intelligence. See, there are a lot of reasons why God didn't answer your prayer in 2017 that have nothing to do with your morality or your, or, or your behavior or conduct. It didn't have anything to do with that. It had everything to do with what he felt was his choice of stuff would be destroyed with you. It's kind of like giving your children your $5,000 coat or, or and, and the child is seven. The child's going to do what seven-year-olds do with it. And some of you all are going to do worldly things with God's divine blessings, and he didn't want that to happen because he didn't want worldly fruit. He wanted a divine fruit. I should slap something, shouldn't I? Yes. <laughs> See, it wasn't because God didn't want you to have it. It's because you were not in a position for him to get the glory out of it. You'll be saying it's because of your faith. You'll be saying because of your prayers. You'll be saying because of your seeds. You'll be saying all of that kind of crazy stuff when it's none of those things because you've been doing that forever and didn't have it. So you have to examine yourself. And I think that this is a good time. You should go to my website when this is over, drpaulaaprice.com, and sign up for a New Year's 2018 prophetic advisement. 2018. And, and, and I want us to be slammed with them because you all, we need to begin to coach God's people for answered prayer. I do a whole segment in my prayer studies and said, but how ready are you for the prayer to be answered? You know, the other, you know, we hear a lot of religionists that be careful what you pray for, but that's not a good enough. That's only, that's the doorknob. But what are you going to do with answered prayer? How ready is your life for answered prayer? How ready is your family? How ready is your household? How ready is your marriage? How ready is your, are your in-laws? How ready is your career, your job? And we have been, you know, fussing with God. I just don't understand he can do it. God said, but some of you all are too uncooperative for me to answer your prayer, not because you are rebellious. Please don't hear that. There's a difference between being rebellious and uncooperative. And, and so uncooperative means that God had gave you a series of things to do that didn't make any sense to you. You know, 
You need to go make up with your mother. You need to go fix this up with your dad. You need to get a divorce and stop walking around being separated for 25 years. You need to do all. And he has reasons for every one of those instructions. And so he gave you a full prescription. Oh, I love this man. He's a sugar pie Jesus. For and, the, the, and he didn't tell you the he didn't tell you why. So because he didn't dangle the carrot, you didn't do it. And you didn't do it because it didn't make sense. You didn't do it because, well, I don't have the money. Some of you all need to get divorced. You have been separated a long time. You have been dating around and mating around. You need to get divorced. The word on God for you in 2018 is cut that thing and be done with it. Holding up each other's lives. And when you hold up people's lives, you hold up destiny. And when you hold up destiny, you hold up harvest. So some of you all need to get divorced and stop walking around talking about, yeah, well, you know, I just ain't never had time for it. No, no. You can't because as far as God's concerned, if the covenant still exists, the consequences still come. That's one of the things you need to do. I mean, he's talking about somebody right now. Lord, but I don't know what to do. I mean, all of you are, well, I don't want to have a divorce on my record. Oh, yeah? Well, you got a mock one on your record right now. Separation is a mock divorce. Well, I just, I just believe the Lord's going to bring my husband back to you. Baby, when he walked out on you, you were tight, taught, and cute. You're not that. And he probably isn't either. That's not going to happen. See, examine yourself. Examine your motives. Examine even those things. Some of you all got soul ties that have nothing to do with devil. Have nothing to do with devil. Has everything to do with you being unwilling to face truth, face consequences, look at reality, or own up to what you did. This is examine yourself time. And he said, and God says, when you don't take time to be the mature Christian, to be the mature offspring of Jesus Christ, and you examine yourself, the same consequences that God has already ordained and decreed for the world for its doing what you're doing, you get that. You will be judged with the world. A lot of people have been taught, well, that's in judgment. No, no. End time judgment is a whole lot more uh, horrific. So we're talking about something else. So uh, as a mature Christian, you want to examine yourself. But the problem is, what's the use of examining yourself if you have no model? You don't have a prototype. Well, we have an inscription. Yeah, but half of you all don't read the scripture. Most of you all go to churches that don't preach them. So what are you going to, where are we going? So you have to get to a place where you examine yourself First of all, through the model of the Lord Jesus Christ as the template, and then through the lens of Jesus Christ as the son of the almighty God, because you're an offspring of the Godhead like him. So you have to start asking yourself, I'm, I'm fussing with God about not getting prayers answered. I am fussing with God about not having my way. Why are my kids still not so-and-so? Why is my son on and on? And you have all of this angst with the Holy Ghost. Saints that came from false doctrines, false priests, preaching, and doctrines of devils, commandments of men, and heretical, seductive, I want to call it mess, that you can do nothing with. There are things that God said that he meant. I was saying to someone recently when God and I, you know, I first got saved, I got in, I got in saved in, in, in the faith movement where you gave, you know, you just give God his word back. Y'all remember those days? It just, you, well, God just God honor his word, and God just, you got to just, just quote the word. So I did that. You know, I should have known then that I was going to be a breakaway from that because none of that ever worked for me. I mean, never. And God would react so terribly to me, but then again, I was, you know, he brought me in another way. 
So one day I was, I, I, I'm determined. I said, I'm, I'm in it. I'm going to, I just got off the watching TV, just got out of church. I got it. Jesus, you said, your word said, and I was running it down. I mean, running it down. I was so proud of myself, and I was quoting those scriptures, and they were right. I got them right. Jot and tittle. And so he got, he talked, you know, God silently let me get it out. And he, you know, we went through it a little bit here, a little bit there. And finally he said, I also said. When he said, also said, I was like, oh, he said, you can't quote enough of my word to move me. Because I know the logic of my word. So that quoting does not impress me. If I intend to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I'm not going to do it, you can quote from here until I come and get you. It won't matter. And so I was stunned. And then so as I, everything I quoted, he gave me a, a, a counter word. He said, so which one are we doing now? And that was a great class. It was a wonderful class. I was a little embarrassed, but it was a good class, you know, overall. And I realized this that you can't tell God how he feels about your life. And you can't impose upon him what you want him to do. Now, there are times that the Lord said, pray, and I'm going to do it. Not because You're not moving God to do something because you're praying. You're tapping into what he's already said. So when two agree, you and God agree, that prayer happens. And it doesn't matter whether it's good to us or not. It's, it, that's how it works. God is, remember this, people, God is Alpha and Omega. He's not working on becoming Omega. We treat God as if he's working on earning the title of Omega, earning the title of the last, earning the title of the end. We're treating him like that when, in fact, he was Omega before he made us. So everything that, that we're doing, I know that's the scary about God. He's so infinite. I, I said that to him. I said, I said, but you know, Jesus, you know you're a lot to take. And so when you start laying down the law with the Lord, we, which we do, we lay down the law, law with him. He has a higher law, and it's not just love. Because to us, love means ticket to mistreat God, ticket to abuse his word. Ticket to dismiss him. Ticket to write him off. Because we do pretty bad things to the people we love. So getting back to examine, I, I, I think the word examine is important. And I, I like to play with words. Now, this is not some, some sort of academic, scholastic thing. But they help me locate where I am. And I like the last four words are, are M-I-N-E, for mind. And, and I, I kind of like to think that God wants us to mine our own soul. Just mine. Just, just get in there and dig it out. Find the gold veins, find the dross, find the bats, find everything. Just get in there. And so examine yourself as to get in there to start mining your own soul. Not just for the bad, but the good, and not just for the good, but the bad. Or the unprofitable. Because, see, in God's world, bad is just what is unprofitable, what doesn't bear fruit. Or what bears fruit that no one can use or fruit that contends with him, or fruit that, that frustrates his will. 
So you are in a place now. 2018 is going to be a remarkable year. It's going to go down in history as a remarkable year, but also as a formidable move of God. God is going to pull off one coup after another. You know, he's already started it, and he's pulling off all these coups, all of them, you know, all these coups. And if you're a real Christian and you have the eyes of Christ, because sometimes we try to have the mind of Christ, and we don't have the eyes of Christ. We don't have his, his lens, his eyesight. So we're not looking at situations from his feet. We're looking at them from our preferences and our tolerances. But this is going to be an amazing thing. I'm telling you, you can say, I, I, you can say it all day long. And I sit with Christians, talk about uh, our president and all of that. And you know what I said? But you know, he's the only president with the guts enough to stand up for Jesus Christ and to push for Jesus Christ and to do it according to the Lord. Now, you can say all day long, you cannot hate this president who is pushing Jesus Christ. Unless you're not a Christian. And there are a lot of non-Christians appreciate what he's doing. So I listen to Christians, I don't care, not my president. Well, then Jesus is not your Christ. How about that? Because you can't have it both ways. Then he's not your Christ. And now God doing this has exposed to the world that you were not his. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like doing this. I'm, I'm so good at this. I really love it. Let me get something. Let me hit this shit. Boom. I established that as a principle in heaven and earth. So this guy is pushing Jesus Christ. He's protecting God's church. He's promoting the pastors. He's guarding us. He's been a real guardian at the gate. He's a real gatekeeper for the Lord Jesus Christ. And half of the, all these Christians are talking about, yeah, but I don't care, but your sins were just as bad as his. Come on. You just didn't have to be public about them. None, not, there's none righteous, no, not one. Everybody, and half of those people who are calling up his morality are, are, are doing so tongue-in-cheek, scared to death that somebody's going to tap into their secrets and pull up their stuff because they, everybody got stuff. that You know, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God, it said, he, oh, help me. Can I go there, Lord? All right, I'm going to go. Let's see if I can find a pair of glasses around here. But go Ezekiel 33. See, I, you, before you open your mouth, you need to read God's word. You need to know God's eyesight and his limbs on things. So God has a, has a view. So let me just read something. I've read it before, but I'm going to read it again because, you know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Now, I want you to go with me to Ezekiel 33 because this is the most powerful, powerful, and I want to say it again, powerful answer to God. God loves repentance. And if anybody repents and starts doing things for him, God is going to back them. And he told me, he said, Donald Trump will be president as long as he backs me. He said, and when he, when he leaves me, I will leave him. Now, that's what he told me. Hallelujah. I have to say that because you don't have to say that for the sake. Now, look at this. Are you all there? Okay, well, that's all right. I'll read it to you. Son of man, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to your countrymen and say to them, when I bring the sword against the land and the people of the land choose one of their men and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming against the land and blows the trumpet to warn the people, then if anyone hears the trumpet but does not take warning, the sword comes and takes his life. His blood will be on his own head. It's pretty bad if you don't recognize when God is God's raising up a watchman and a guardian for your life. 
and when your politics and your preferences and your activism takes precedence, precedence over all of that. But I'm going on. Since he heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take warning, his blood would be on his own head. If he had taken warning, he would have saved himself. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people and the sword comes and takes the life of one of them, that man will be taken away because of his sin. But I will hold the watchman accountable. Now, I don't teach a lot of Bible on these things. I used to do a lot more, but, you know, I, sometimes I have to go in. But think about, there is a peculiar statement in this. He said, the person who died because of the sword died because of his sin because he was prevented from, be, from repenting. Some of you all about to repent a lot going into this new year. He said, but I will hold the watchman accountable for his blood. That's the, the watchman said, well, I don't want them to get mad at me. Well, I don't want them to think I'm legalistic. Well, I don't want them to think I'm religious. Well, I don't want them to think I'm a doomsday prophet. Well, I don't want them to think that I'm putting a curse on them. All of those things are watchmen not watching or watching, watching, and not saying. So you save yourself from public opinion, but you don't save the people from the impending judgment. Oh, I'm going on. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel, so hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, oh, wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways, that wicked man will die for his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. So a lot of y'all prophets, you wonder why God stopped talking to you. You wonder why your dates closed. And a lot of dates and a lot of prophets are going to have to deal with this in 2018. Because you had the work, and you have, and because you wanted to sugarcoat it, and you wanted everybody to celebrate it, and you wanted to get big seeds for these glorious words, you glamorized the prophecy. When God wanted you to just flat foot it, tell it the way it is, put on that the hairy garment, put on that that mantle of the prophet, and stand flat footed and say, "This is what the Lord said." Because there are a lot of people this year who are going to be taken out because nobody gave them good advice. Because this here, we're so busy looking at it as prophecy, actually, we don't even realize that this is advice. God is saying, I'm giving you prophetic advice. This is my advice to you as a prophet. This is my advice to you as a watchman. If you know that I am go- I've visited you and I've said this or that, and you don't tell people, you won't tell your mama because she's going to get mad. You won't tell your daddy because he's not going to give you any money. You won't tell your brother because he won't hang out with you any longer. You won't tell your sister because she may not pray for you anymore. And you got all of these reasons why you don't pass along God's advice. Come on to me. All of these reasons why you refuse to pass along God's advice and God's counsel. Prophets are counselors. And so you have gotten to a point that you won't pass along this counsel, and, and you don't want to judge. Oh, wicked man. I can't say wicked man because, you know, that's not politically correct. Well, you ought not to be politically correct. You ought to be Christ correct. Politically means poverty coming from the people. So, the, so, so somebody told the majority of the people this is correct, and they all ran to it. Look at where we are today. So let me go on. Oh, wicked man, you will surely die. And you do, um, and you do not speak out to dissuade him, dissuade him from his way. That wicked man will die for his sins, because the soul that sinners will die. And I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the wicked man to turn from his ways, and he does not do so, he will die for his sin. But you have saved yourself. Do you realize this language is potent? This is potent stuff. 
you, a lot of you prophets don't realize that these are, these are prophetic preservation clauses. This is a covenant. God is telling you how to preserve your life, preserve your children, preserve your friends, preserve your own, your own soul, and to preserve your ministry. He said, but, yeah, you saved yourself. Now, here's another one. Son of man, say to the house of Israel, this is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of them. How can we live? Say to them, surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn. This is advice, counsel. Turn. Turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Therefore, son of man, say to your countrymen, the righteousness of the righteous. Now hear me, because this is so good. Because you know y'all who said it doesn't matter and you can sin and sin and sin again and grace will keep you. That's not a divine principle. That is not a divine law. That's not a divine judgment. And you need to stop letting people tell you that. That's why you're sitting here at the end of your life and wondering why you got disease, why you're all up on chemo, all strapped up, everything coming out of you. You're, you're wasting away. You don't even know why. Because the watchman didn't tell you the truth. Didn't give you an opportunity to save yourself. He said the soul, because death is a consequence of sin. You cannot separate the two. You want to. We love it. It sounds good, but you're still a consequence of sin. And God proved that by showing us there are people who so, who so met his righteousness standard that he didn't let them see death. Jesus came and gave us counsel. If you do this, this, and this, you will never see death. Not just physical death, but spiritual. But a lot of people, Paul said, if you don't examine yourself, you will be judged with the world. Because the wages of sin is death. I don't care how they dress it up. I don't care how they make it look nice. The bottom line is you, you, you cannot get so caught up in the beauty of someone's preaching or the eloquence of their sermons that you don't realize that they are leading you down a primrose path. You have got to listen with hearing ears and understand with an understanding heart. So let's finish this off. This is so good. He said, the righteousness of the righteous Man will not save him when he disobeys, and the wickedness of the wicked man will not cause him to fall when he turns from it. The righteous man, if he sins, will not be allowed to live because of his former righteousness. Is that good? So those of you all who are backslidden, those of, cause, and, and when we say death, you know, they say, they say yeah, well, you know, I'm, I've been, I did all of that 10, 15 years ago. I'm still all right. You ain't old yet. God's smart. I'm going to get you when you're old. I'm going to get you when you can't fight back. I'm going to get you when your kids leave you. I'm going to get you when your husband leaves you, when your wife walks away. I'm going to get you when your mom and your daddy are dead. I am not going to, this thing is a process. Because not everybody has to die. A lot of saints just walk over. I've seen them do it. They just walk right on over to the next side. I'm just going to take a nap. I'm gone. The rest of them t- tied up tubes and, and, and machines breathing for you and all of that. Why? Why? It doesn't have to be that way. And I've seen it. On my 30 years, I've seen it. I've seen Jesus walk in rooms. People just sit there and say, okay, goodbye, and gone. Not a, not, not a discomfort in the midst of it. Just gone. Some of them, he tell them, get ready. I'll be back in three years to get you. Come back three years, get them, they're fine. Give them time to clean up their life. Give them time to get their affairs in order. This is, this is a powerful thing I'm sharing with you. I hope you all are hearing this. Because this, I did not know what I was going to say. But then I've learned to just let God talk. So let's move on. If I tell the righteous man that he will surely live, but then he trusts in his righteousness 
and does evil, none of the righteous things he has done will be remembered. He will die for the evil he has done. Isn't that powerful? Because, see, God is like, what have you done for me lately? Yesterday's righteousness is gone, just like your food. Well, the word is bread. So just like your bread from yesterday is gone, so is yesterday's righteousness. And, and, and when I say God, I don't mean it's ignored. I'm saying it's laid up on that pile. But if your pile stops here and then you decide to go over here, then all of this here has not been remembered because sin inseminates. Error inseminates. And God knows that that one little deed that you thought didn't matter inseminated you, planted a seed in you that will continue to grow, will continue to infect your soul until eventually it shifts your consciousness, changes your mind, and you become more and more bold every day you get away with it to the point that you eventually forget that this was righteousness. Now your, your present conduct has become your righteousness, and it's on a pile or plate of hypocrisy. Because you're now trying to change the, the, the word of God, change the character of God, the attitudes of God to your indulgence. And he's like, I'm the Lord. I change not. And so he lets you know, if you want to get rewarded for your righteousness, you need to keep on doing it until you die. Jesus said, he who endures to the end. Heaven may rejoice over one sinner that repents, but Jesus Christ gets to populate his kingdom with he who endures to the end. God's an end-time God. He's the end, whenever the end of it. The end could be your life. The end could be when he comes. It doesn't matter. God expects you to continue to perform his righteousness and to remain in it because it's forming you. It's crafting you. It's molding and shaping you into the same model type of his citizens, the citizens of his world. You can talk all day long about, well, God will forgive me on my deathbed. Yeah, but you know what? You don't know what that means when, you, when he decides to wake up. You don't even know he's going to wake you up with everybody because he has a couple of wake-up seasons up in here. Examine yourself. Examine your stuff. You do it. And, and let me tell you, the more you can examine yourself and accept what you've done and accept your motives and all of those things, you judge yourself, then you don't have to be judged. Because, who, you know, if you judge yourself and tell God, hey, you know, God, that was crazy. That was crazy. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what I was thinking. But, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. I repent because he said turn from your way. I repent and I let that go. And, see, some of you all keep thinking apologizing and saying you're sorry is repentance. Well, I told God I was sorry. Yeah, but you didn't stop doing it. You know, I'm sorry, God, that I'm fornicating and you do it every Friday and then pray every Saturday. Come on, you got to make up your mind. But, God, I'm sorry that I lied. Yeah, but you're still doing it. You're in a job that compels you to lie. You're going to have to change some things. Some of you all are in situations where it compels you to lie or compels you to go contrary to God's truth. And God's attitude is, okay, then I need you to start weaning your way out of it. He doesn't expect you to just jump out. Some people are bold enough to do it, and they have the faith to stand. Some people, they have to kind of gradually pull themselves out of it till eventually they're done with it. But it's up to you. You know, because when, when in God's world, they don't have all of this, we got, you know, judgments and all, all that's done. They got rid of that. So they're not there. Those people have chosen righteousness, and they've chosen to become righteous, and they've chose to embody it and then to uh, assimilate it in their makeup. 
So they don't even think the things that we think. They know they exist, but they don't think them. They don't meditate on them. They don't regret choosing God's way. So a lot of saints regret being saved. And you know how I know it? Because you hear them say, if I wasn't saved. You know, I tell you, when I wasn't saved, well, there was a time I'll put my salvation down and I'll, you, you regret being saved. I never regretted it. I was like, man, this is good. This is great. You mean to tell me I got control of all this crazy stuff that happens in my life? But a lot of saints regret being saved. You regret that you can't hang out with your buddy. I'm sorry, man. You know, this old church thing, my church. And Are you kidding? I feel like this. I, I, I love people. I can sit with anybody. We can have friends. We can talk all day long. I, cause I, love, I like people. And some of their views, I just like to hear them just know what's going on. But you know what? They never arouse envy in me. I am never envious of the wicked. I'm never envious of the unsaved. I'm never envious of I'm not envious because I know not only him and whom I believe, I know what makes us great. And I love living in the greatness of God. I'm never sorry that I can't go and get drunk and vomit all over the floor. I'm never apologetic about that. I'm never sorry about losing control and, 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 and relinquishing God's control on my life. Never sorry. I've never regretted it. Not once. Not once. I don't. I've never regretted that I don't get a chance to hang out and run around and chase this or that. I've never regretted it. I don't regret it because I understand the superiority of the God I serve, the supremacy of my God and the supremacy of his way. And I'm telling you, I've never regretted it. See, that's examining yourself. How do I really feel about this? How do I really feel about that? Because when you have truly met the Lord Jesus Christ, everything else pales in comparison. When you're in this world, everything pales. You realize this thing is really just a brick and mortar, a death camp. There's, I mean, there are wonderful things that come out of the people, but there's no, he said, but in the flesh, there's no good thing. We can go on. Y'all still ready with me? Ready. All right. And if I say to the wicked man, you will surely die, but he then turns away from his sin and does what is just and right, if he gives back what he took in pledge for a loan, returns what he has stolen, follows the decrees that give life and does no evil, he will surely live, he will not die. Now, God gave you a real powerful explanation. See, this is an advice book. I'm giving you the advice column from Ezekiel. This is Ezekiel's advice column. How to live forever. How to live good. How to get along with God. What's your call of that? How to get along with God. Because sometimes we just, we love this man. We will, we try, we're stabbing at this, stabbing at that, trying this and trying that. But ultimately, we don't know how to get along with God. And it takes a very um, determined person to discover the secret to getting along with God, the true and living God. It's easy to get along with devils, just be yourself. But getting along with God means being Christ. It goes on. None of his sins he has committed will be remembered against him. He has done what is just and right. He will surely live. I don't understand how so many sinners don't hear this president repent. He's trying to make, he's trying to make restitution. He's trying to make, make recompense. And you know what? None of us see it. But yet we want God to forget our stuff. And give us a shot. We want God to forget that I slept with my neighbor's wife. And now I want to do this. We don't want him to hold any of our sins against us. But we can hold his sins against him. Even though he's obviously, blatantly, I got to applaud to God. Because I don't know if I would have done that publicly with some of the things he had to take. 
but he's making he's making restitution to the Almighty. He's making restitution to Jesus Christ. And yes, Dr. Paula Price said it, just so you can find out where it came from, because, you know, some of y'all, I still don't care. But if you don't care about that, his restitution and his repentance, you have no right to ask God to care about yours. Because whatever you sow, you'll reap. And with whatever measure you handle what God gives you, he will give you that same measure in return. So if your thing is, well, I think that because he's in public office, he ought not to do it. Are you kidding me? Everything, everything secular started with Christians in public office. Christians started public office. Under, the, under this here, everything. We came, those people who came to this nation were Christians who, who also started in public office. Why do you think Satan is fighting to get them out? And so I'm telling you this not only because of him. I'm telling you this for yourself. Examine yourself. Are my thoughts righteous? Are my judgments righteous? Am I more interested in pushing my way or am I interested in God's way? If you want a nice, interesting assignment, key up the word way in Scripture. God talks about his way all the time because he said my ways are not your ways. So are you interested in the way of God? Because when people say to me, I don't care, all I know, then God's going to hold your sins against you. Trust me on this word. He's a righteous God. And if you don't think sins should be forgiven, and if you don't think people's righteousness should count, and if you don't think when people repent and turn from their wicked ways should be honored by God, he will not honor you when, it happens, when you do it. He won't. And he won't honor you because he'll say, oh, but this is your, I'm just rolling with your philosophy. This is your philosophy? See, because I've got my commandment, but you want to run on that, that's fine. And the same thing with your neighbor. What, I mean, Jesus gave how many parables about how he forgave, he forgave them, and then the people who were forgiven wouldn't forgive the others. Still holding their sins against them. Oh, somebody hear what I'm saying. Your countrymen, yet your countrymen say the way of the Lord is not just, but it is their way that is not just. Oh, I thought that was cute. I'm in the, I think this is the uh, NIV. What verse is it? Oh, chapter 7, verse 17. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yet your countrymen say the way of the Lord is not just, but it is their way that is not just. If a righteous man, here's what I want you to get, all of y'all self-righteous folks. If a righteous man turns from his righteousness and does evil, he will die for it. And if a wicked man turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he will live by doing so. Oh, is that good or is that good? Now, you can go on, but I want to get to the last person, the last part of it. Verse 30. And as for you, son of man, your countrymen are talking together about you by the walls and at the doors of the houses saying to each other, come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. My people come to you. Hear me, lean in. Come on, this is a lean in. Come on, lean in. My people come to you as they usually do and sit before you to listen to your words, but they do not put them into practice. Y'all are the ones that like to preach it. (laughs) You got to run around the church. You can't listen and run at the same time. You got to slam things down. You got to shout. You do all of that so you don't have to hear it. Because you don't do that anywhere else you're listening. You don't even do that at home with your television show. With their mouths, they express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Indeed, to them, you are nothing more than one who sings love songs 
with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well, but they hear your words but do not put them into practice. Last verse, when all this comes true, and it surely will, then will they know that a prophet has been among them. A prophet that just gives you good stuff is like a parent that just gives their kids candy. You still need nourishment. You need veggies. They need what protein. They need, they need a balanced nutrition. And some of these prophets, some of you are prophets. You are prophets of sweetness. So you, all you are, you are about taking care of people's sweet tooth, not about nourishing them in Jesus Christ. And y'all, you're going to, some of you all are going to have to come, come down off of those sweet tooth prophecies and get into the organics of God. You have to get into the organics of God. Because I'm telling you, I don't care what they say, God says, I change not. And when he says, I change not, it doesn't make a difference what flesh says. It doesn't make a difference what mortals say. It doesn't make a difference what men push. When God gets ready to muscle in on us, he doesn't care. And he doesn't allow us to win. Because remember, he's already at Omega. He's already there at Omega. We're, trying to, we're still trying to catch up without them. Forget, you know, Beta, Gamma, Delta, and the rest. We start, we're trying to catch up with Alpha, and God is done. You know, when Hebrews said that all his, he was rested from all of his work, he was finished, when God got to his seventh day, his, his own Sabbath, he said, everything that I want to happen is, is done. It's in place, in seed form, because God always starts with seed. That's why it's important for you to not let some things in. There are some things you ought never to let in your life. To neither give the devil a, pl- a place nor make provision for the flesh. There are certain things that you just gave. Well, it was my mom because she wanted to do it. Well, it was my dad, and it was, it was my best friend. This was my boy. This was my girl. You can say all of that, but in the end, those people let inseminate your world with something that keeps on growing. And I'm going to close this conversation on one other statement, and I know that this is it. Some of you all are going to have to get prayed for and delivered from false prophecy. Now, I'm going to leave that as a cliffhanger. I won't even explain it. So you'll have to join me next week or so to find out what I'm going to do. Because, but that has to happen. So as we, as in conclusion, examine yourself and be honest about yourself. Every heart knows its own bitterness, and every heart knows its own desires, and every heart knows its own brokenness. Because your heart never shuts up. Prophet Ashley, would you like to come over to my table? We have a chair here for you. Hey. You can use the chair. We don't have a prophet of deer today. Very weird. Very strange. I know. It's kind of sort of, you know, we like coming at little lightness, sharp stuff she got coming out there. Sharpshooter. <laughs> the girl is. But that's okay. Uh, we'll see her soon. We will. So it's all you all by yourself. Aww. You don't have to share. Uh, I'm, I'm a little upset for everybody on the deliverance from false prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> Having a problem with that? It should be a show by itself. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, I like how we landed with, I'll title it, How to Get Along with God. That's perfect. Because getting along with him is something. <clears throat> well, most people don't realize they, they're not getting along with God. Mm-hmm. Because I go to church, I pray, I do whatever, but you have a problem with the Lord or he has a problem yes. with you. Y'all have issues. 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 
And um, how you talked about in the beginning that the Bible is the divine abstract, God's abstract, or the abstract of God's eternal world. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that changes, should change, total perspective on what you should now expect to get from the Word. Mm-hmm. We look at that, and it's like, is it poetry? Is it literal? Is, is it figurative? Is it real? It, it, we want it to be just one thing, mm-hmm. just one. Either it's a one big poem or it's one big story or it's whatever. Allegory. That's a good allegory. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's the allegory argument. And not that it's a compendium. It's, it's a putting together mm-hmm. of different aspects of his eternal mm-hmm. world. It's con- he just, you know, it's kind of like, okay, we'll put this here. We're making an agreement. That, 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 yeah, that's going to be good. All of these seeds yeah. will be good in that world. But we don't teach that God has a world. No. No, no. But we still think God's sitting out there in the universe as a star. That's true. Sitting on some mystery throne, mm-hmm. maybe. All we, by, all we, by have, we have accepted the pearly gates, Peter. the streets of gold, mm-hmm. our mansions. Yeah. We got, yeah. We got mansions, mansions in the sky. We have mansions, but not an actual world No. Mm-mm. that he runs. No, we're just furnishing the room. Yeah. <laughs> just got a room and the pieces sense. that we like. <laughs> because our mansions are about us. They're not about him. You know. That's just about it. Just be like to scoop up and take with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just breaking into uh, 2018 and how God is going to shake the world. If you can take a moment, because you brought up President Trump a couple of times, to explain to the saints who are genuinely stuck, I think because of bad doctrine more than anything else, how somebody who appears to have his reputation, his attitude, his whatever, mm-hmm. that we would consider non-Christian or non-ministerial, how, that, how he could be God's choice and how he is bringing us as a nation mm-hmm. back to the Lord. Paul said, I killed Christians. It's just simple. He said, I, I, he said, I'm the least, which is why he was the most zealous. Mm-hmm. Paul said, I killed Christians. Peter said, I never knew the man. Cuss, I never knew the man. Jesus came back, go, don't forget Peter, go bring Peter to the meeting. Right. Paul, you know, the thing that we forget is that Christianity was born out of sin and sinners. Christianity was born out of, our Savior was killed as a criminal. Yeah, yeah. An enemy of the state. We, we forget that story, and yet he didn't care, because his job was to get to hell. He didn't care whatever they, whatever charges they did. He was going to hell. And so when I think about him, and I think about we are sitting here celebrating Peter, who told God, I, who told everybody, left the man at his darkest hour, left the man, cut off somebody's ear. Jesus had to heal the ear. Okay, <laughs> so we're not talking about the the paragons of virtue over here when we say everything God works with is sin. Everything, because if God doesn't use sinners or un, un, unsaved, he will never get a saint. And so we got Paul consenting. I mean, he, first of all, Paul's first commission, if you read the word about the, oh, ask me who loves it. You don't love it? I'm loving it already. If you read the word for what Paul received from the Sanhedrin to go and begin to assassinate Christians, it actually lines up with the word commission. His first apostolic commission was to kill Christians. And then he met Jesus on the road. 
you know, like that, don't you? Mm-hmm. And Jesus converted him a murderer, an assassin. He was literally hired to be an assassin to assassinate Christians. And Paul couldn't give God enough fat. He couldn't thank God enough. He couldn't praise him enough. He couldn't take enough stripes. He couldn't take enough hits. And every time they said, oh, man, you, this is bad, he's like, yeah, but I kill Christians. I can't ever give Jesus those souls back. So when you want to think about the magnitude of God, God did not induct saved people into his service. He saved people and then put them in a service. And salvation mm. means repentance. Did you like that? I did. See, I read my Bible. I did. I got my little Bible. And oh, while you're out there. While I'm out there. Can you also explain? She does this all the time. She likes right. to wind me up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The difference between what we should expect from a politician versus a pastor. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we have the, in our minds, expectations of what we want our pastor to be like in these high offices. Great question. You, you, from your pastor, you're going to hear more from, about Jesus as the Savior. Salvation, repentance, maturing, discipleship, uh, 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 what do you call it, preservation of the sheep. Defense against wolves, mm-hmm. defense against false doctrines, nurturing and feeding you, and domestication in the household of faith. Because pastors domesticate you for God's eternal household of faith. Shepherds. But when you're talking about politicians, politicians work for the sovereign. They work for the sovereign Jesus, the King Jesus, who was king before he became Savior, who, 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 whose government upon which all creation is the lawgiver, See, the sovereign is about the law. The sovereign is about the community. The sovereign is about the wars. It's about the sovereign. So the the politician, the public official, Mm -hmm. is not bound by the salvation or the Savior's rules because there are times that God's going to use people who are not saved because sovereigns use everything in their realm. Wait a minute. I know. We think God on the sacred cows. Yes. I was like that. I, I didn't want to kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to kill. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I want to do what I want. But understand, sovereigns are not bound to you, saints. Oh. Oh. Shande. Shorobokosa. Shadebo. Mustariyokuma. Wait a minute. We're gonna have a prayer session, so we're gonna behave ourselves. Sovereigns are not bound to use things. No. Sovereigns mm. are, are, are sovereigns have full access to use anything they want. Donkeys, birds, planes, whatever gets the job done. That's good. Now, listen, shepherds ought to be using saints. Pastors need saints in their congregation because if they have more wolves than saints, they no longer will be a congregation of Christ. You know, I'm having fun exactly. there. I told you we were going to have fun Vacation and sleep. Oh, see, little sleep, little rest, little prayer with God. No, a lot of prayer with God. Because let me, I want to finish this. I need you all to stop imposing your congregational principles and your congregational rules on the Almighty, on the sovereign Jesus. Jesus had world, Israel was not a church. Israel was not a church, still isn't a church. They're, they are, listen, they're a congregation of God in terms of the, his nation, but they're a nation, and nations have different rules, and nations have different threats, and nations have different adversaries, and they have more potent adversaries. Nations are pushed on a by nations. Christians are sorted by Christians. You see? 
individual nation. And we need to stop this grow-up time. Actually, it's grow-up time. Well, that's good. It's time for them to grow up and stop doing it. We, we keep acting. We read our Bible, and we look at all of those things, like Ezekiel and all of that, and we don't realize that Jesus Christ was the sovereign, as Yahweh, the sovereign governing a nation, not a shepherd leading his flock. Wow. Did that help you all? Y'all, are you following me? Come on, give me some stars and give me some hugs and kisses and give me some whatever. But nobody ever, I, yes. I'm going to tell you this. I don't have a problem with God needing, like when I counsel political folks and I counsel public officials and leaders, I don't talk about church. They don't care about that. Every, I mean, some of them might need a little communion or something. But we talk about your yes. governmental because now you're dealing with Jesus Christ, the lawgiver, on whose shoulder will be the government. That's a different kind of Jesus. When Jesus, Jesus Christ, the judge of the quick and the dead, Jesus Christ, the defender of his people in the nations, that's a different kind of Jesus. Kind of Jesus. So we're talking kingdom versus ecclesia, congregational, speaking, kingdom. So God doesn't always work with the church and nation. Jesus can't just rely on us. That's what's said to go, go out on a mission field. He's going to send us to take on what? I mean, the Lord called me to ministry 15 years ago, but I didn't go. And then, so you angry with a public official that went on and took the hit, took the embarrassment, took the fight, and still went out and won the race to have an opportunity to make a minute change, because nobody makes major one, a minute change in our country. Know the difference between a country and a congregation. You're judging this man as if he is the pastor of a congregation. He is not. He is the head of a nation. And that's all of them. I don't care if it's him, Putin, or whatever else we got. They have to deal with national issues because their job is to see to it that the masses survive and the nation perpetuates to the next generation. Our job is to go out there and witness, yes. hand out some tracts, give our testimony, mm-hmm. and pull in folks to get ready for eternal life. Now, that's no less important, but it's just being specific. What are some of the things they're saying, Norma? Oh. Somebody said, my Lord, amen. Come on now and teach. <laughs> Set us straight, Dr. Price. <laughs> yes. Just, Just, mm-hmm. yeah. Just make sure when you want to make these judgment calls or you want to you figure it out, because some of you all, you weren't trying to be difficult. You weren't even trying to fight God's choice. You thought you were protecting Jesus' glory. Yes. You thought you were protecting his reputation, his credibility. But that wasn't it. So you have to ask yourself, remember this. Y'all, Jesus was Yahweh, and Yahweh was the God of a nation. Yeshua is Jesus, and he's the Savior of, of his church, the body of Christ. So you have to ask yourself, whenever you have a political question, or an, an enigmatic one, let's not say yeah. political. Yeah. Let's say enigmatic. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have an a, 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 a enigmatic or very uh, mystifying question, ask yourself, does this, should this answer come from the Savior or should it come from the sovereign Jesus? If you can place the question, you know, I'm good at this. Woo! I get that one. I was excited. I got that one from Jesus. All right. So I just thought I'd give him a couple of And But you, if you first must place the question in the right box, because if you are answering Savior questions and church questions that the sovereign has to deal with, you're going to be confused. 
because you're going to expect this man. I think it's wonderful that he wants to pray. All of that is major. He obviously cut some major deal with Jesus Christ because Jesus is having a blast with this man, which is what we're going to see a lot more of in 2018. In 2018, I prophesy to you by the Holy Ghost. This man in Jesus is going to go and do some very amazing, stupefying things. I don't care what anybody says, because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, somebody, America's going to make a comeback because Jesus said, if I be lifted up. He didn't say, if this man or this woman or this politician or this world leader, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He can stand on that passage alone and know that our country will make a turnaround. We're, we're going to fight for it now. It's going to be a little bit bloody. We're going to have a little bit of bloody because it's going to happen. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That was not said to a church because the church wasn't born when it was said. Hmm. So you got to lay back. I know that's a say now. Did you want to say that? Mm. Hey, everybody, let's do it. Let's do it. Say Because you, we act like all that Jesus said. There was a reason why he didn't say all of that stuff or leave all of that stuff for Paul and Peter and the apostles to say. Because he was speaking to his sovereignty as well as his saviorship. And any nation that lifts up Jesus Christ will not fall. I don't care who that nation is. I don't care where that nation is. I don't care how large it is or how small it is. Jesus is like any other human being. He wants to be glorified. He wants to be acknowledged. He wants to be recognized for what he did. He wants to be given his glory. He wants to receive the members of his body. He wants to get his share of the world's harvest. And I'm telling you, to a lot of this stuff, you all have to think differently. So you need to put your question in the right vein. Are we talking about a question that should be answered by the sovereign, thus pertaining to the ecclesia? Are we talking about a question that should be answered by the Savior and his national and governmental duties and responsibilities? You know, I'm having fun. I can't even shut up. Why don't you tell me to shut up? I can't stop. I won't be the one to stop. This is bubbling in my soul. I don't know why God is so thrilled that we're covering this information. Anyway, come on, let's go back to you. Well, I do, want to take this take <laughs> <laughs> I do want to take this moment to say, if you are listening on Blog Talk Radio on the phone and you need to press 1, yes. if you want to connect with Dr. Price, you want her to pray for you, speak over your life, give you some wisdom, counsel, and insight for 2018. This is the last Paul Price show of the year. Ooh, yes, it is. It is. Oh, no wonder I'm having so much fun. Yes. I'm saying goodbye to 2017. Jesus. Hello to 2018. And ushering it in. And so you want to do that, press that one. See, before, when people dialed in, it would say, if you want to speak to the host, press one. Now it doesn't. Oh, so you have to, we have have to have a little that. initiative. Say that. All right. So you need to do that. Um, okay. When you said, how ready is your life for answered prayer? Did you like that one? Yeah. Oh, that was good. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. How ready is your life for answered prayer? Um, not a question. People ask themselves. We're usually thinking about what we want to get out of, not necessarily if we're ready to handle the solution. Woo, honey, and the the position. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was taught you all, you know, and God said, don't pray for what you don't want. Well, when God said he does not have any uh, delight in folly, he's including folly prayers or foolish prayers. Don't ask me for something that you do not want to shift your life to accommodate because answered prayer means your life must shift to accommodate the answer. And many times I've been in that position 
where, uh, you know, I got a prayer and then I realized the person wasn't ready for the answer. They didn't want the answer. They just liked the idea of asking. Some people are just in love. Like there are children that are just in love with begging. Yes. Can I have, can I have, can I have, can I have? There are people in love with beggars. They don't want to earn anything. They just want to, they just like to beg ministry. And so, but, and so some people are like that when it comes to prayer. They are in love with begging, asking God, just asking God and asking and asking. You know, when we do our prayer lines, you remember on Sundays? Yes. When we do our prayer lines, I tell them our people. <laughs> so you want to so you the difference between sitting under a pastor and an apostle is <laughs> right here. When our dear apostle will say, don't get in the prayer line if you're not going to do anything with this information. Exactly. Because we're not going to waste our time and waste God's energy. When you well, we would have people who would just come and, and they want the prayer, they want the impartation, they want 10 years of prophecy, and then no, no changes. And no changes, stop coming to church, fall into all kinds of stuff. had to set up the, the rule, ministry rule. You will say a prophetic prayer. And be done. We offer prophetic advisements. We don't need somebody down there 15, 20 minutes, one person, getting all of that ministry attention when we have services that facilitate. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we pray for people, and, you know, we do all all those things. There's plenty of ministry happening in our church, but you put up those guardrails. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Altar prayer is like going to the emergency room. Yeah. You know, they're going, to get, they're going to relieve your symptoms, and then they're going to make a prescription, give you a little prescription to ease your suffering, and then instruct you to go to your doctor. Yes. So I have a rule. First of all, if I pray, if we, they know. If you pray for it once, you cannot bring another prayer until that one happens unless it's an emergency. But if it's a crisis, yes. Otherwise, I need you to tell me, what did you do with what I prayed, the prayer I prayed last week? Mm-hmm. Did you see any results? Because we have to teach people how to even discern God's hand. Did you put any work into it? Yeah, did you do anything? Well, um, uh, no. We're praying for a job, and you don't put out your resume. You don't go anywhere. You don't do any interviews. So my people don't do that. And when we pray for jobs, they get jobs because I don't let you play with God's power. I, you know, I know a lot of people think, yeah, well, that's just, you know, that's abstract. That's ethereal. No, no. No, no. Words are abstract and ethereal until you put them in a body and put them to action. And so we don't do that. So if you're going to pray, if you want God to do something, then you need to put it in your wonderful little journal and then figure, look at all of all that has to go into that prayer happening or taking on flesh in this world, and then follow it. How about that? You know, follow it. And, and, and if you, when you go to God like that, if you have something in your life that's impeding him or impeding the delivery of what he wants, he's going to tell you. What did he say to um, Joshua? Lord, we're supposed to win every battle. Why did we lose? He said, because y'all got an accursed thing in your midst. Ah, what a cursed right. thing. So Joshua didn't say, well, let's have a prayer vigil and figure it out. No, no, Joshua went into investigation mode. Okay. And see, some of you all need to go into investigation mode and be open again, be mature enough for God to speak honestly and frankly with you. Because, see, God can't lie. So if he can't lie and you're not ready for the truth, he, just don't, he won't say anything. He just lets you keep on struggling. <laughs> well, he does. That's what we're doing, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and you went on the whole uh, Watchmen segment. Did you like the Watchmen? Yes, about the Watchmen being responsible for people repenting, standing in either facilitating repentance or standing in the way <laughs> of it. I remember when I read that in my early prophet days, and even when I was a kid reading through Ezekiel, I was just like, God is not to be played with. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. That's it. I didn't know much else, but I knew he was 
serious, and he was clear about what he wanted. Which we don't think. Yeah. We think we have to tell God what he wants and then give it to him our way. And then, and then we're stunned because he ignores it. He snubs it. You know, in Malachi, those priests gave God all of the little beat down, broken animals, those that had been in a fight, lost a leg, lost an eye, half, whatever. They gave all of that to God and were stunned that he didn't want it. Because there's no loss at them. Yeah, exactly, because their sacrifice was not going to be a sacrifice. Okay. It was just going to be a submission. We're just going to submit this to you on your altar. And so I want you to hear me today as we go forward. I realize that it was extensive, but it is our last Paula Price ministry, uh, Paula Price show of this year. And so when we come back again, we're going to be at the top of 2018. Mark my words. I'm telling you, Jesus has been a long time getting a bold man or woman in a seat of authority that will give him a, a place, a voice, or anything. Mark my words. He is going to take full advantage of that. And nobody knows that better than Satan. Jesus is getting ready to take full advantage. I don't care what they say. I don't care about fake news. I don't care about the media. He didn't care about them when he put him in office. No. He didn't care about them when they tried to get him out of office. He didn't care about them when he had to squash that uh, impeachment. I'm telling you, this man is going to go down in history in God's world, and I believe in this one as well, as the, as the man who literally walked, walked out of jo- Josiah commission. Oh, wow. Because he's like a Josiah in this time, in this 21st century. He's like, I can't change anything, but every reform I can make, I'm going to make. I don't care about the U.N. Trust me, that is a short thing. That thing is going to turn around so fast, everybody's going to be stunned. And you know why? Because of what the calamity is coming on the planet. Because right now, honey, if there's something coming, it's going to make humanity say we need to become one. That, that thing, whatever it is, is going to unify us. And we're going to be very different people on the other side of it because God is changing the landscape of the world. And so no matter how much you believe, if you are really a Christian, that means you're more than a church. Because a, a lot of people call themselves Christians because they go to church. Right. Not because they're in the body of Christ. And so if you are really a Christian, there is no way you cannot see your Savior being elevated, being protected, being celebrated, and hate the person who's doing it. There's something awfully wrong with that. Mm. Well, do we have any announcements? Is she on for announcements? She is not, but I have a few announcements. You have some announcements. Okay. I do. You can do um, her job, too. Well, I'll just give some announcements. <laughs> I know. Because I thought about, yeah. yeah. Right. Nobody can do it quite like Prophet no, Adia. No, no one. But for those of you watching and listening, you still have a day or two or three to get the assessment at our special sale. Yes. The MAQ, the Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, is on sale for $45 instead of $65, and that includes a 30-minute post-assessment advisement where mm-hmm. you talk to one of the advisors, yes. 30 minutes going through elements of your results, and then the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire is on sale for $49, which is over half off. Oh, isn't that wonderful? And it also comes with a post-assessment advisement. You want to go to www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on where you want to take an assessment. That will take you to our assessment site where you can begin the process. You do not want to miss that opportunity. Also, Also. Dr. Price is branching out into another broadcast because, hey, why not? (laughs) Wisdom for Living. Every Monday Monday through Friday, Friday, 8.30 a.m., Central Standard Time. It's not a live broadcast. It is going to, it's posted. And those of you who are already following her, 
on Facebook, Apostle Paula Price is her name on Facebook, then you've already been getting some sneak peeks of what is to come. But she is doing, yes. ha, 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 Wisdom for Living. You can be on the lookout for opportunities to submit questions that you would want her to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying she's going to answer everything. That's well, one, somebody on Facebook asked me to talk about Christmas, and I did. You will love my Christmas message. This past Sunday, Sunday. Yes. you definitely want to go to do, tell them about that. Yes, that is actually already on Dr. Price's Facebook about the the uh, the, the, the true Grinch that stole the Christmas. true Grinch that stole should Christians celebrate Christmas? Christmas. Yes, the name of the it. true Grinch that stole Christmas. Guys, I'm and I had the Grinch up there for you too. You would love it. it. I looked at the Grinch slide. Yeah, so that stream, that broadcast is already on. I know um, a lot of people have already watched that <laughs> and shared with their friends. And so Wisdom for Living is coming. Now, here's what you can do. You can go to YouTube and go uh, key in the Paula Price Show. That's going to take you to the Paula Price Show channel, and channels have different categories. So within that category, there's a playlist for Wisdom for Living. So you can go to one location to get different categories and different things from Dr. Price. But that's where it will post. It'll go up 8:30. It'll show up on Dr. Price's Facebook. It'll show up on YouTube. It'll. The link will also be posted on Twitter. Yeah. Your Twitter account, and I believe anywhere LinkedIn else as well. Play. So mm-hmm. everywhere you are, uh, they can get that. And then um, we want you to share this with your friends. Invite your friends and family whenever Dr. Price is broadcasting because we want this word to go, go, go. Sometimes you can get so caught up in the moment of what you are saying. You forget to hit the share button. Share. Did you hit the share I button? I need to tell people about this. Yeah. After today's broadcast, share the broadcast. Share it on your page. Tag people yeah. that you know will appreciate it. So you all will be my evangelist. Yes. You'll spread the good news. Yes. And we have our New Year's Eve service in, in Bixby. Technically, Bixby, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you can stay uh, when checking Dr. Price's Facebook as well. I'm sure we'll send out an email. Information, 9 p.m. New Year's Eve in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are back, all the way back. Yes. Having, because we used to have New Year's Eve services all the time. All the time. Every year. Yeah. And, and people will come up. So, and if you're in the area and you want to come to it, yeah. we, we have, of course, service, whatever, but I do minister and the prophets minister. And I'll tell you, just like I said to you today, examine yourself. But also, when you come to the New Year's Eve service and you get the word of the Lord, prepare yourself. Because prophecy is meant to be formed or gelled. I, I like to use this word, gelled, through prayer. Okay. And prayer then goes into performance. Hmm. Prophecy, prayer, performance. So you've got to come. Join me. New Year's Eve. You'll love it. It's a wonderful time. We have our wonderful little church. Oh, no. So we have a wonderful church. Beautiful. Beautiful, and it's shocking, too. Yeah, when people come in. <laughs> I know. I said to somebody when they came, and because where, where it's located, it's like, uh, you look at it, you say, oh, I'm so oh, sorry, really? Dr. Price. I'm sorry. Wish, I wish which got it done. Aww. You walk in the door, you're like, wow. You want to come? Oh, this is, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. People are stunned every time they come. So are we. <laughs> yep, yep. And don't forget... We still want you to enroll in Price University. Many of you all talk about my wisdom. You talk about my knowledge, the information that I share. And you, I mean, and granted, it's amazing. I say it's amazing not because of my ego. I say it's amazing because of what God did. This is, I am God's handiwork. He loved doing it. I love letting him do it. So get, now I'm going to give it to you, Paula Price, uh, excuse me, Price University. 
is there for that. You can come and you can go through these processes. You've seen my prophets. You've heard them. They are the fruit of my education. Just, a, just sample fruit. But they're the fruit of my education. And they're fruit of the process. They prove that it works. And not only that it works, that young people can be nurtured like that. I've got them in their 20s. And so those of you who are millennials and you are genuine, because a lot of millennials do want Jesus Christ. They do want to learn God. They want to get what they miss. They want to be valiant and, and uh, determined, dignified ministers of the gospel. If you are that, definitely go to priceuniversity.org and enroll. Get into the enrollment process. You already know what kind of mind you're going to walk out with because you watch me every week. So you don't even have to worry about it. We've branded it. You've seen our brand. So go to priceuniversity.org, and there's still time for you to enroll. You can enroll in the spring semester or the fall semester. Don't miss that window. Amen? All right. Block Talk coming on Facebook. Periscope, love you. Have a great lunch. Hey, listen, have a nice, healthy lunch on me. In other words, put some greens with that salad. God bless you. All right. Stay connected with Dr. Paula Price 24-7 at drpaulaprice.com. Find out how to follow her on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Schedule a personal advisement with her or submit an inquiry for booking Dr. Price for your next event. Take an assessment, register for one of our events, shop for products, or order Dr. Price's latest book, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum. Connect to on-demand episodes of The Paula Price Show and stay up to date on Dr. Price's travel schedule, all at drpaulaprice.com. Hey guys, this is Mr. Dia from Saturday Morning Kids. Every Saturday, we post a brand new episode full of God's power, full of God's word, just for kids ages 8 through 12. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Kingdom 5 Student Ministries. That's Kingdom 5 Student Ministries only on YouTube. Kids, I'm talking to you. We're diving into purpose, destiny, and God's plan for our lives. So I'll see you every Saturday for Saturday Morning Kids. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com.
I, I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you why you want to get this course. Yes, you want to know who you are. Yes, you want to know what God sent you to do. But it is not enough to know thyself. You need to know those that the Lord has assigned to work with you, to labor with you, to understand you, to hold up your hands, and to understand that they are not just volunteers helping out, but they are fixtures. They are affixed to your commission. They are your fixtures. They are your pillars, your founders, your ground. They are your communicators, your extenders, whatever you want to call them, and it's all of that. You need someone to fit all of those capacities. And so I want you to consider Using my brand new teaching, building your commission team, stage one, if you're an apostle or an apostolic minister, because it's all the same. But what distinguishes what this teaching does is not that we're telling people about their ministry. No, we're taking people who are already in ministry or who are predisposed to ministry and who are competent or show potential for competency. And we're telling them, you're assigned to not just help me preach the word or help me spread the word, you're assigned to help me establish something in the earth, build it from the ground up, or fortify it if it's already in existence, and expand it. You want a commission team is about perpetuity, not just performance. And that is what commission training is. So may I encourage you to go to my website and to Click, I want this commission team. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com and say, I didn't understand it. Now I know. And it's going to give you a blueprint. And then it's going to give you criteria. And it's going to give you standards. And it's going to give you protocols. But it's also going to give you some policies and procedures as well as practices. And all together, we come alongside you as you begin to identify those that God's called to help you do more than go on a mission. We want to help you identify those who are called to become fixtures of your apostleship commission, of your apostolic commission. Again, that's drpaulaprice.com or ppmglobalresources.com. Okay, and on this last Paula Price show of the year, we are back with Dr. Price, who said she's back from vacation and resting and obviously came back with a bang. Are you ready for some calls, Dr. Price? I am. There you I'm are. Set. All right. Yeah, I, I, all right. I got all the buttons. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> okay, first we have up Michelle. From Missouri, she would like wisdom and guidance for 2018. Michelle, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hello. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing today? I'm good, Dr. Price. How are you? you well, you know, I'm charged. I'm on fire. I'm burning up over here. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Same to you. So tell me, Michelle, what is it that we're going to pray about? Um, just um, more wisdom and guidance for 2018. I already do the um, life advisement sessions with Prophet Tyler every month, but I her schedule is so busy for January that I won't be able to get in until February, and so I just wanted <laughs> prayer and wisdom for <laughs> for the new year. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought, well, let me get, let me fall back on Plan B. 
she has quite a full list. I'll tell you that. She really does have quite a full list. But, you know, God is good, and God's people are reaching out for help, etc. So here's what I want to say to you, Michelle. Number one, God, when, you, when I heard your voice, I heard God say, do the first thing I told you to do. Okay. Now, a lot of times, you heard me say earlier, if we don't cooperate with the basics, then a lot of times God's instructions, are they sound like, you know, to-dos, and we put them on our spiritual to-do list, but in the end, they can be access points. For example, if you do this, then I'll do that. Well, when this is done, then I can lead you into this or prepare you for that. So um, you are a, a very heady woman. you like that woman that's got to learn, 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 learn. But God says start doing what you know to do with what you learn. I hear him uh-huh. saying, I'm also putting you into a new circle of friends. And you've needed this for a long time. You need to be around people who are already where you want to be. You're hanging around with people who say they agree with you, and, yeah, girl, we're going to do it together, and I know what you mean and whatnot. But those people are not going to get you where you want to be because they like thinking. They're like the last uh, verse that I read of Ezekiel. They listen to your, your, you know, your plans. They listen to your hopes and your dreams, and they sound really good, and they're very melodious to them and, and lyrical. But in the end, you're going to have to step away so that you can do what you have to do. Yes, ma'am. Because you have folk who really lovingly and, and sweetly talk you out of doing the hard things in God. Wow. So now you're going to have to start meeting people and being with people who have done the hard things so that you can draw from their strength and their experience and, and confidence. So because that's why, you, you know, you wake, there are times that you, you have one particular friend that I see. You wake up in the morning, and Michelle, you're on. Okay, God, it's me and you. He spoke to you. It's wonderful. You go to this friend, you're like, yeah, well, well, you're right. And because you're sharing it, you're enthusiastic. I said to my church one day, some visions should stay in the womb. Uh, you know, when God, uh, when the Holy Ghost impregnated Elizabeth, or rather when the angel told Elizabeth she was going to get pregnant, Elizabeth hit herself because she didn't need anybody to tell her how stupid it was to try to have a baby at an old age. She did not need anybody to tell her how foolish that was. Come on, I'm telling you, because you get that kind of that kind of worldly wisdom, and folks, you know, you'll be ridiculed, and before you know it, you start abusing yourself so that you can fulfill their criticisms. So that's number one. When Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, she did not go to the world. She did not go to anybody. She went and stayed with Elizabeth, someone else who had just had a miraculous event. Sometimes when you want a miracle, you need to stay with people who have already had miracles, particularly your miracle. Wow. And so you're hanging around with people who don't know if they want to take the responsibility for the miracles or the answered prayers. You need to find yourself a new circle of friends, friends who, have all, who already know what God can do, who already have, have fought the good fight and won and faced the dragons and all of that. You can you 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 are such a sociable woman. You just, and you're so gracious. You're not even going to tell people to shut up. I don't even know why you don't. Sometimes you should. But in any event, in any event, you really do need to change your circle of friends. Yes, sir. 
And you need to start getting involved with, with organizations, networks, and community activities that coincide with what you want to accomplish in God. And for you, it doesn't matter. You're at a place in your life where you can choose three or four avenues of success, and they will win. The problem is because you're one of those people that's so gifted you can do so much you don't get a thing done, you're going to have to focus. And if I know Chief Prophet Tyler, she's listening, and that's going to be in your advice. So what are the three things you have to do? Because I know you didn't hear them. Come on. Yes, um, I need to change my circle of friends. Um, do the first thing God told me to do, and then um, get involved in community and um, events in my community. Um, yes. And then those were three. Well, you did well. You, and look, you got your January advisement anyhow. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You, Father, let me pray. Father, thank you so much for Michelle and for the people like her listening, God, give them the wisdom and the insight to know when it's time to change their circle of friends so that it will accommodate your ordained or predestined sphere of domain for them. Lord, give them the power. It doesn't have to be an an ugly thing. It just has to be I've got other things on my plate. I have new things doing. But, God, I thank you that you show people those unproductive things things in their life, and even unproductive relationships or counter-effective relationships that hinder your ability, God, to fulfill your whole work to them. I thank you for giving them the courage to make the right decision, opening the doors that no man can shut, and shutting doors that no man can open, because that's going to be the word for 2018. And God, I give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're very welcome, Michelle. God bless. Okay, Prophet Ashley, we're moving along. Come on, give me another one. All right, Dr. Price, we have returning Tasha from Florida. She is back (laughs) because she needs inside guidance for her preschool. Tasha, you got through. Welcome to the Paula Price Show. I got through. I wasn't giving up. (laughs) On time. (laughs) You got through on time. How is my beloved daughter? How are you? I'm doing good. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And Merry Christmas to you. Um, hey, so when am I going to see y'all? I guess I'll come down to the Florida or something. Huh? We'll be up there soon. Ah, uh, because I miss my kids. I know. know. They're coming. They're coming. There's grandchildren down there. So I got some there. I got some here. So I want to see them, especially mm-hmm. them giants that you gave birth to. <laughs> yes. We'll be there soon. All righty. Let's talk about. Um, the school. What is it that you want to do? I'm confused because I'm having financial challenges now, and I don't know if I should um, close the business. Closing not to do something else, just close so that I can regroup because we've been looking now for property for a while, and I haven't found anything or if we thought we found something, challenges came came up. So I don't know what to do. I well, can't afford the rent. Well, no, and you I'm need to get out of the there. Rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you need to get out of there. We talked about that. That's number one. Number two, mm-hmm. um, you want you you could do one of two things, Tasha. You can think, consider a partnership, which is what the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. said when you first started talking. Um, let's see, because there are partners out there, and there are people that God has 
who can help you, or you can you can also consider um, instead of having a standalone facility or being in your own, but but also maybe uh, renting space in like a church or um, not a, I would say a church or either another Christian school, you know, um, because you can consider those too. But I will tell you this by the Holy Spirit of God that you inherited your mother's mantle. This has got mm-hmm. to work because it's God concerning you. Now, it's the will of God concerning you. This is not anything that you can say, wow, I got ahead of God or I shouldn't have done this or shouldn't have done that. You are supposed to succeed in this. And I am the voice and I am the authority that decree the success of God and the completion of your mom's vision on your work. I I decree that. And I remove every force and every work of darkness that is trying to tell you otherwise. You are not going to surrender. You're not going to yield. So I open up your sphere. I step into your particular realm by the Spirit of God, and I I open up the sphere of resources. I summon providence to come into your life. I call people that you don't know to come in and bless you. I call people that you have met and passed through with and to come and fulfill their promises. You have at least three broken promises on the table. I send forth the word of God by the spirit of grace that these people are prompted like Nebuchadnezzar was and and, and like uh, Artaxerxes was prompted to fulfill their word to you. There is an inheritance that you're supposed to have. This is supposed to go. God wants this because he wants it to grow into a wonderful school for ages um, from from infancy to fifth grade. And I, at the least, now I'm telling you, you're going to have to shake off all that you see. I'm, and I'm the best woman to tell you about it because you know good and well. You've mm-hmm. been with me all these years, and I'm telling you, when, when, when you look in the face of it can't happen, that's when you dig your heels in and you defy the odds and you speak to the atmosphere and you speak in prayer and you talk to your God and you say, come forth. I'm telling you, this is an illusion for you, but you are going to have to prove to God that you're going to go to the back of the You've okay. got to go to the now, I'm, this is God for you. I can say that if this was someone else, this is God for you. So I usher in, I summon, I put the angels around you and the angels in your sphere on assignment to bring you the solution, to open doors for you, to give you connections. You need to get out of that facility. It is obviously not blessed ground for you. Sometimes it's just not blessed ground. And, and, or even mm-hmm. sometimes that, that, that space belongs to someone else. You should move. You should go ahead and regroup, do what you need to do to regroup. But God said, do not let your vision die. Okay. That is the word okay. of the Lord for you. Don't let it die. So if you got to go and hit the pavement, talk to public officials, talk to community uh, leaders, you need to be ready to scrap for this. Because so, I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we, our visions die not because they weren't the will of God, but because we weren't willing to put forth the fight, the scrap that brings us in front of God's solution. And so okay. you're going to hit the pavement like any other warrior until you get in front of the people that God ordained to secure this thing. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Amen. (laughs) Baby, this is a a win thing for you. I'm telling you, I'm sitting here looking at this thing. I'm thinking, wow, God, we need to get her mobilized. You just need to, and you need a partner. This is hard to do alone, and Mm -hmm. I don't mean a helper or a worker. You need a partner. I don't care if it's a family member or whatever, but, somebody, you know, God sends everybody out two by two, but you need two, another person, because two is better than one. And a threefold cord okay. is not easy to 
Africa. So you need to start really being open to a partnership with people you know, love, and trust. Okay. Amen? All right. Amen. Thank you. One more thing, because I I just got to get his last word. And, God, I thank you. I summoned the investor. There was somebody who was going to do all of this stuff for you and fell off the grid. But I summoned the investor that God has sent for this, because this is not about daycare for God. This this is less to do about daycare and more to do about a vision fulfilled. You understand? Yes. All right. So now, Father, thank you for Tasha and my family there and my children down there. Lord, I know they're so big, I'm going to have to get on the ladder to hug them. But, God, I thank you for them. And I ask you, Lord, to continue to work with her and open her eyes to see. Lord, like Abraham, open her eyes to see the ram in the bush because there is one several, frankly, and, Lord, give her the courage. Take away this feeling of defeat and depression. And, Lord, in this place, I thank you that you put a resolve and a fight in her soul like she's never had before. And I thank you that as she fights and presses forward, she fulfills the vision that her mom left undone and receives the inheritance that is in the earth for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're very welcome. You. See you soon. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it. All right, good stuff. We have next on the line Kathy from Arizona. Kathy's calling in today, Dr. Price, to comment. Uh, her comment is, Dr. Price gives me kingdom perspective. Kathy, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so blessed even to get through, even when she came on and uh, and, and was talking to me. I just wanted to say that um, I'm just, can you hear me? Yeah, you faded off for a moment. Oh, okay. Um, hold on. I just wanted to say that I was just blessed listening to the program, even uh, what you said about um, the president, uh, because even in the beginning, you know, God told me, um, you know, he was going to win and some of the reasons why, and it's like his actions and everything are like a distraction uh, you know, even for the enemy and all the haters and everything, he's going to be doing this and getting things through. And he, we're all so distracted because we're just hating the man that we're not even seeing what he's doing in the spirit realm and what God is getting him to do. So, but I, at the same time, I have to admit, I still was just, man, just not, I was so caught up in the man that even though I would hear God on this subject, but you really just today really put it in perspective. And I have to just accept it that I'm hearing from God and just um, celebrate him, (laughs) celebrate it and continue to pray for him. I tried to pray for this man one day. I think it took me 45 minutes because I stuttered for most of it. But um, I just wanted to say thank you so much. I, I celebrate you as a woman of God and as an apostle because every time I listen to you, I feel like my 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 spirit rises up to that kingdom position. And I feel like, how can I stay there? I need somebody to help me stay there. I am so tired of being brought down to ourselves and, 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 and this earth realm and what we need and what we're, you know, all about this earth realm. I, I just, I'm just so sick of it. Um, so to the point where if God, there's, a, there's a, a pastor and his wife, and trust me, I'm not against the assembly. I get it. I do. I know it's true. I know we need a pastor to, to teach us. I get it. I'm totally for it. 
But the, really, the only time I go to this man and woman, when God says, today I want you to go see them. I know it's for, whether it's for chastising, for love, for support, and to do that he's confirming to me or whatever. But then if he doesn't tell me to go, I don't go. And so I do pray. And, and and I do need a covering, and I don't have a problem with knowing that. I don't have a problem with knowing what I need. So I just wanted to celebrate you and saying, I need somebody here like that in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know we walk alone sometimes in that respect when it becomes, at the end, it's between us and God. But every time I listen to you, you, you get me back in that apostolic place about the kingdom eyes on the bigger picture and so i i i'm like wow <laughs> well thank you so, Kathy, because i can tell you this i'm going to give you a little piece of advice from the spirit of god and that is the the, the only time that your ministerial integrity will be tried is when you hear god and then follow men god will yes. always elevate anybody who will stand for him. And see, we forget that's in Scripture. If you are going to stand for God and fight for God, God is going to be with you. And he's going to back you because he's not really back in flesh. He's backing himself, his own will being done in the earth. So when you had those words about the president, God was really testing you for the future. Can I give you something you disagree with and you still obey me? See, that's where a lot of ministers fail him. That's when they showed that yeah. they were not representing him at all. Because the minute God went contrary to their will, or he gave them instructions or revelations contrary to their will, they turned ugly. Mm-hmm. You know, if, but, but you, and you, and yet people do it on their physical jobs every day. You, your boss, you go to work, right. your boss, I'm here with this, like so-and-so. And you know what you do? You buck up, shut up, and you change. You shift. But because God isn't here in the flesh, we think we can treat him any old kind of way. So when God says right. to you, I, I want this, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. Man, I fussed with God about Obama. I said, God, I just don't want to the man will be pleasant. I fussed and fussed and fussed. And I didn't even just fuss because I knew him. I fussed because I saw him in the spirit. I saw the spirit come down from heaven, take over his body, and I knew we were going to be doomed. I knew at least we were going to be damned. And so I thought, yeah. you know, God said, oh, you know what? I got to call the shots. And my true agents and my true representatives will trust my judgment and will trust my decisions and know that I have all things in tow. And so I had to live with that. And I had to live with it not because I ever changed. I lived with it because it was God's will. And so I will speak to everybody out there who's a minister, you're a pastor, whatever. If God can only give you instructions or reveal his mind to you on things you agree with, then you don't represent him. And then the last thing I'd like to say to you, if you don't mind, and that's James 3, when it said the wisdom of this world is sensual, earthly, and demonic, and it causes confusion in every evil work. And that's what we see, a lot of confusion and a lot of evil. Look at these people's words on Facebook, evil. Evil mm-hmm. stuff, and I, you know, and you, yeah. if you say you belong to Christ, you know, good and well, God ain't gonna let that up in heaven. He's like, I'm trying to cut water it down. 
I thank you so much for Kathy. I thank you for her growth, her strength, and her maturity. Lord, I also ask that you find her the, the, the flock that you have ordained for her. And also, Lord, before you put her in it, prepare her for that flock. Conform and convert her to its way and its, its teachings and doctrines and its environment so that she can enter it and grow and thrive. And I ask you to do it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen? Did I lose her, Ashley? Oh, she looks like she's still there, but we'll say amen. Amen. We'll just close it out, and I'll get another call. Yes. And we have Anita next calling from New Jersey. She is, I know she's a faithful, tunes in faithfully to the broadcast. Anita, welcome to the Paula Price Show. She would like prayer, Dr. Price, for guidance concerning employment and all those kind of good things. Anita, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi, God bless you. God bless you, Dr. Price. How are you today? I'm excited and floating on the Holy Ghost. How about you? Um, it's wonderful. I'm excited. Um, I'm trying to calm down because I'm so excited. I've been following you for so long. You've been such an anchor in my life to all the things I've been through, um, to the teachings, and I follow Tala. And it's just been such a blessing that I even let my, I have teenage children and I allow them to listen, especially with the teachings of the uh, tattoos. So I put it in my living room on the screen TV and I say, now see all y'all going to get your um, your questions answered about tattoos. And I let them listen to it, even my 11-year-olds, so they got wisdom um, regarding that. So you are part of our family, <laughs> whether you know it or not. So I allow them to listen to some of your teachings so they know your name. <laughs> so I was going to that share that. So it's been precious. such a blessing. That is precious. So now, out of New Jersey, my home, my home state, um, how can I bless your world today? What would you like to have answered? Well, I'm just, um, I've been going to some, you know, I've been working, and so now I'm kind of laid off. And I'm still going to a little financial situation because I'm a single parent. Um, uh, divorce, and I still have like six children. Um, they're still with me because three of them were in college. One just finished, and another one, um, you know, they're still going to school. And I have one in high school, and I have a little fella that's in, um, you know, just in the elementary. Like he's, uh, let's see what he's, he's in the uh, fifth grade. So I'm just financially, I know God called me to start a business. And I'm still faithful to that. But soon I, soon I get into trying to move forward with that, um, I need, I'll get into a financial situation because I'm the one who's basically bringing in and paying the bills. So then it kind of sets me back on pursuing that as much as I want to um, in order to, you know, get the bills so I don't fall, you know, behind and put my family in the situation. So because right now I'm the one to keep my children have some part-time jobs, but I'm the main one who pays the bills. So, I just need some some prayer and guidance because right now I am laid off, and I just need directions. Again, I'm praying and directions on what to do fully, especially for this year, 2018. I need some real guidance and help in this area. Well, the first thing I would say to you, because I know you're second-guessing yourself on this whole idea of the business, the business is God's work for you. Um, for now and also for your later later years in life. So that is God's will for you. Having said that, Anita, 
I would suggest that you do a few things because a lot of times we want to start a business by just jumping out. So before I give you my counsel, I'm going to ask you to quickly tell me what are some of the steps you've taken to launch your business? Um, some of the steps I I had registered with the state of New Jersey. Um, I also um, signed up with SCORE, um, and that's in Princeton, that give you free classes as well as um, give you advice as far as how the business um, goes. This is free classes they, uh, you know, that they give for small businesses, um, marketing, different types of um, uh, classes that you can, you know, take as far as um, getting more wisdom. Um, I also took um, classes how to start a business as well, business plan, um, searching for locations, studying about locations, studying about um the pop, you know, the population in that area to make sure they'd be able to um, finance your business. So I've been doing all of that for years and just just finding other free avenues as well as, you know, trying to get more and more information how to maintain a successful business and also working in the business I took on the job, um, being kitchen manager and also just, you know, just learning in the aspect. I've been, you know, I'm a pastry chef, so even time, every time I go into a position, I'm always in a place of learning, seeing how things run, what's not working for them. So, I mean, it's just a lot of little avenues I'm just, you know, obtaining a lot of knowledge in as far as, um, you know, the business. Okay. So then here's my next question. Do you know, I'm looking at your list, and you know what I see that you did, that you've never seen, at least doesn't seem like it, you've done, and that is, um, so hunt for money. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I'm, that's the problem. I'm, I haven't. Had... You have not. Now let me finish because I want you to hear me. You know, we are. I mean, knowledge is great and that's good, and you've done all of those fundamental steps. But I see three things that I would recommend for you to do. Number one, you say you have a business plan. If you have a business plan, it should include some money. And it should include some outlets or opportunities for money, for funding somewhere. So that's number one. Many people, you know, we get all these classes, but you still, when it comes down to it, you need to fund, get some funds. So let's say uh, funds may take a little while. Then you, I, I, you should take and find out if there's anybody who's looking for a partner or who's looking for, you know, uh, helpers who will be, you know, where you can – need less money if you want to come in as a partner, or you can do some apprenticing there so that you can, and I know you say you're doing it on your job, but I'm talking about now as you as a, as a proprietor or a partner with the sole proprietorship. Because I'm going to tell you something, working for a company is very misleading because the company's established, they've got their contacts, they've got their funders, they've got their customer base, they've got all of that working, good, bad, or indifferent, but you don't know how they did that. And you don't know who's keeping that going. So that's the, that's the one thing I see. And then the last thing I would suggest to you is that you go online because there's a lot of grant money for businesses, particularly women businesses and uh, um, minority businesses and older women. A lot of money on that. So you can start looking for money. You, uh, to me, that's what um, – that's what an effective business consultant would do. Most of them don't. Most of them just give you those four pieces, those learn things, you know, go learn this and take that. But there are a few that can help you tap into the funds that you need to start your business. And so you can definitely look for grants. That's a big deal. Okay. I'll be I'll definitely going to do that. 
Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid because, you know, don't be afraid of money. Don't be afraid to ask for it. Don't be afraid to go after it. That is very difficult for women. I'm telling you it is for whatever reason. So don't be afraid. You're going to have to inhale, buck up, you know, and, and suck in your ego and suck in your insecurities and go out there and go for money. The only thing that's holding you up is that you have not um, – I want to say consistently or persistently going after money. And if you don't go after money to start your business, you will not go after money to keep it. You won't go after money to grow it. You won't go after money to stop it. So this is a big, this is your strong man, money. Not money, not because it isn't God to give it to you, but because going after it, the saying, the people saying no, the people saying yes, the people, whatever. So your thing, as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned right now, is that you have to get over your fear of chasing money. Yes. You're right. So we're going to pray about Huh? Yes, I say you're right. Yep. So we're going to get over it because it's easy to go to class. And it's easy. And as a matter of fact, we're, we're, you know, you tend to be better at putting, spending out money, you know, shelling out money than you are at going after it. You know? You're right. But, you're <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Your only issue is money, and your issue is that, and also your second thing, which is secondary to the money, is that you don't like to ask for help. So you think getting a partner means that, you know, I can't do it on my own. Trust me, nobody makes a successful anything on their own, not even a little kid with a lemonade stand. Nobody makes a successful anything on their own. Lone rangers tend to stay alone, and alone means nothing coming in because nothing's going out or nothing's connecting with anyone. So if you can beat those two barriers to your success, you're going to do well. Okay, yes. I'm definitely going to do this. All right. God, I thank you so much for Anita. (laughs) I thank you for Anita. I thank you for the show today. Lord, give her the confidence and and even go back into her, her roots, her psychological roots to find out where this became an obstacle for her, both of these things. And then, God, I'm asking that you would deliver her and get her ready to go out there and do the last steps that she needs to found her business and to make it successful. God, we cover her with the blood of the lamb. We give her access to a city. We take off the clothing, the garments of insecurity and intimidation, and we put on in its place boldness. We put on in its place resolve and determination. And, Lord, I thank you that as she believes you and follows your way, God, you begin to break down the walls and open her eyes to see what's been there all along. And I ask you to do it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, too. Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. Yes, Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Prophet Ashley, where am I? And you are at the close. I'm at the close. Wow, yeah. that was fun. I went there. Oh, I got, what, four <laughs> Hey, guys, again, Happy New Year. I thank you so much for making... The Paula Price Show, what it is every Thursday. 
I cannot come up with, and you know I can come up with words, but sometimes when it comes to the Thursday show, my audience, us being together so long, so many years, I almost don't know what to say to express my gratitude and my thankfulness for you. I send forth right now a New Year's blessing on your lives. I send forth the harvest on the good seed that you sown, and I've asked for mercy to suppress the seeds that should not bear fruit in your life. I ask God to meet your needs, to tend to your children, to tend to your family, and to tend to your job. I ask God to give you a fresh start as you step into 2018. I break every yoke of bondage on your life. I cause every curse to fall to the ground unfulfilled. I command every rejection to turn into an acceptance. I open up the streams of heaven over your life. I pour out the blessings of God. I dispatch God's angels to go before you, to fight for you, to encamp about you and yours. I give you wisdom to know how to make good decisions and judgments and and, and to begin to be bold in the Lord. I take away fear. I take away intimidation. I curse the spirit of disappointment that holds you back and makes you not want to go forward. I give you the joy of the Lord. It is his gift to you. I give you the joy of the Lord. I summon the spirit of prosperity to stand in your house. I station prosperity in your homes. You shall not know lack. You will not know lack. I command debt to leave you. I call people out of the the unseen realm to bring solutions to your debt, uh, to bring your poverty to an end. I command every resource that goes with the providences of the new creation and the church of Jesus Christ to come and present itself to you. And I give you the wisdom and the intelligence, the patience, and the restraint to handle this prayer like you've handled no other. God, I thank you. I give you scholarships for school. I give you grants for business. I give you even grants for your health. Those of you who are suffering terminal illnesses, I command the spirit of infirmity to leave your life and to leave your body. I summon healing to come up. I come into the root of your being, and I command that new creation to begin to do battle on your behalf. God, I thank you. This woman who is struggling with a breast cancer, I command it to be healed. I curse that tumor at the root in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And those of you who are suffering someone, something, an issue with your brain, I speak the healing of God. I go in and I cut that lesion out by the Holy Ghost to give you your mind back and to give you your ability to recall back. And those of you, someone else, a stroke with not being able to speak, God, I thank you for rerouting that brain, rerouting that mind so that they can speak again in the name of Jesus. I talk to these high schoolers who are being bullied. I come against that bullying spirit. I back that thing down. And God, I thank you for raising up guards to protect your kids and protect your people. And you, young man with that gun, I tell you, do not, do not do what you plan. Do not do it because it will not turn out well for you. God, I thank you. I'm asking that you begin to deal with the gangs and these young kids who are being converted to murder and, and crime. God, I'm asking that you will send forth your hosts and your forces, God, to, to recover and redeem your sons and daughters from such perilous lives in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you keep your angel of protection and camp about the righteous. 
And we thank you for being faithful, watching over us, keeping us under the blood of the Lamb, fulfilling the covenant promises, and, Lord, walking with us and being with us wherever we go. We thank you for it all. God bless you. Happy 2018. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today.